Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. Syracuse football defeats Florida State for the first time since 1966. Final score, 37. My name is David Edelstein. I'm alongside Harrison Singer here on the Orange Fizz postgame podcast as Syracuse University football has defeated Florida State in week three. So, Harrison, this was quite the scene in the Carrier Dome this week. This is exactly what the Orange needed to do. This is They took care of business, and that is an understatement. They came in to... Their, their their own home turf and put on the show that they just they put on the exact show they needed to. And not only was it the show they needed to put on, but the atmosphere and the environment was stellar. We were talking about how much it is an impact that the Orange were playing in the Carrier Dome. And Dino Babers himself has mentioned this in the past, including in the lead up to this game. So many fans there. The let's go Orange chance. It was hot. This was the scene to play in, and the Orange excelled. Right. Well, you're talking about a crowd, a Carrier Dome crowd, just over 37,000. So it wasn't that roaring crowd that we've seen in the past in games, you know, like against Clemson, where they also came out on top. But it was a loud one. 37,000, but it was loud. And it was, well, the crowd did exactly what it needed to do. You talk about prior big games that the Orange has played. And clearly, it doesn't matter how big. It's really quality over quantity here for the Orange. And going back to games against Virginia Tech two years ago, Clemson last year, and and Florida State now, when you talk about maybe this wasn't the most strong Florida State team we're accustomed, uh, that we've seen in the past, but it was a big game. And Syracuse, you can officially say, has a very nice past of showing up on their home turf in big games. Yeah, the thirty over 37,000 fans, it was loud in there. The Carrier Dome, like you mentioned, wasn't as full as maybe the Clemson game was, but this was a packed dome, orange everywhere, and it was hot, 91 degrees on the field, and just hotter as you went up into the stands, you know? So this was something that dedicated fans were there they were into this one and the team responded accordingly and it was the defense that just really put on the show defense has to be the talk of this game i know tommy devito stepped in for an injured eric dungy and 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 played great no question about it and he will get his recognition as he should no questions asked but the battle up front it's not even close syracuse hurried first of all they hurried francois Five times, I think. There were five QB hurries, four sacks for the Orange defense, which, I mean, that speaks numbers right there. But what did we talk about on this show, this very show, just prior to kickoff? It was the running game. It was how can Syracuse control the run game? And, well, Babers and Co. did just that. 222 yards on the ground offensively in the run game for Syracuse. And they held the Seminoles to 62 yards in, in contrast. That's getting the job done. We had heard Dino Babers say in the pregame podcast here uh, before the Florida State game, actually the postgame co- press conference is where Dino Babers mentioned how important it is to stop the running game. And we put the emphasis on that. He clearly put the emphasis on his team for that. And then they wound up doing that, holding a Florida State team 
with Cam Akers as one of the running backs and some other new guys that they're utilizing as well throughout the season. Names like that to under 62 yards in an entire 60 minutes of play, four hours of an entire game time. That's pretty phenomenal. They also got those four sacks and an interception for their third consecutive game. They're already blowing apart their records and statistics from last year. Absolutely. And you talk about it. Also, another thing that is just so glaring when you're talking about winning that battle up front, third downs. Syracuse held Florida State to one of 14 on third downs. That is tremendous. And like you, 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 we were talking before the show, the Orange easily could have shut out the Seminoles on Saturday. They could have. And they only, yeah, they only allowed seven points. And a big reason for that is Florida State couldn't move the ball on the ground, in the air. And it, it's all because Syracuse won that battle up front. Dino absolutely recognized that in the post game, uh, in, in the locker room post game. And. Uh, they just it's it's just a great example of a team executing its game plan en route to winning an important game. And that's just exactly what happened on Saturday. And when we talk about the fact that the Orange could have shut out the Seminoles, it's not just saying, oh, look, they only let up seven. They could have easily just not allowed that. No, specifically, that one touchdown they got on the goal line, the Orange had stopped them on third down and fourth down right. within the red zone, within five yards from goal. Florida State had gone for it on fourth down for the touchdown, noticing that a field goal was not going to be enough in this game for them. And then the Orange have a penalty against them, setting up at approximately the two-yard line for Florida State, another four downs, where they do eventually pound their way in. But this defense has just, just was a brick wall. And in that one specific case, when you have four new downs fresh on the two-yard line, you're most likely going to score, even though the Orange had just held them not scoring. Unfortunately, the penalty works against them in that one case. Absolutely. You talk about not letting a team do what it wants. Okay, so Syracuse didn't end up getting that shutout in the end, but gosh darn, did they not let Florida State do what it wanted to do in this game? I don't even think the shutout is necessarily what mattered. Of course, that right. would have been really, really amazing. You mm -hmm. know, you're looking at the score three nothing, six nothing in the beginning of the game in favor of Syracuse, and you're like, "Wow, can Syracuse, you know, shut out Florida State?" But at that point, you're also thinking, "Wow, one touchdown, and we're losing." You know, Syracuse is losing by one point, still seven right. six. Absolutely. So, the 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 shutout it, it comes down to the fact that Syracuse wanted the win. They got the win when they were coming in as the underdogs, and this is. You know, not a ranked Florida State team. It is one, as Dino Babers said, to quote him, uh, one with a lot of history and maybe more history than the Orange, which is why they're seen in such favored light. But Syracuse just came in to the Carrier Dome and, and wound up getting the win at the end of the day, Absolutely. no matter what the score was. Absolutely. I'm completely with you on that. It'd be way too crazy to start nitpicking about shutouts and, and actually start complaining about not getting a shutout, especially when you talk about how big this game was, how they weren't even favored to win. It's just, it's all in all, it's really just too easy to be happy after this one. And absolutely no complaints should go out to, to not pitching that shutout. I, I, man, this defense just played so great. Too much to be happy about. I mean, does anyone look back at the Clemson game from 2017 and say, oh, we only won by a field goal. Right. <laughs> man, it wasn't as great of a win as we thought. No, I mean, but the important part here is that Syracuse on offense really did pull away at the end of the game. It was so close. And they did wind up having the defense that shut down Florida State at the to, to just seven points. You know, they did really have that commanding defense and they did pull away 30 to seven. Right. That's where the score is important to notice how well the defense was in the game to keep them down. And then the offense later 
wound up pulling away at the end of the fourth quarter. And that's something Dino Babers was pretty impressed with. Right. Well, this game actually went into halftime, 6 nothing in favor of the Orange. So uh, that's pretty telling right there, all that damage that they were able to do in the second half against the Seminoles and, and their defense. The, the second half, and it, it's funny almost too, David, because we're so accustomed to sitting here and talking about after a game on Saturday, oh, that third quarter defense was rough. They got beat down in the third quarter. And that's really been a pitfall for this team, definitely through last year and at least once this year, you know, in their first game against Western Michigan. So to see that, to see the Orange reverse that trend, that's got to be something you're you're taking with you if, if you're Syracuse and you're using that to get right back on your horse next week with all that momentum on your side against UConn. Yeah, there was a lot of talk about, is this Orange is the new fast scheme wearing out players? In this game, Syracuse, despite the heat, and despite the noise, just seemed to be energized and into it the entire time. And the interesting th- part about the score was with how well the defense was playing throughout the game, Baber said that he was like, wait, you know, the Seminoles might not get more than seven points. And he was actually talking about how that framed his offensive planning throughout the game when he was kicking field goals rather than trying for the fourth down or trying, you know, to convert on fourth down or trying for the touchdown when they were pretty close because he knew he was describing it as needing to get over seven because his defense was just playing so well that he didn't know if Florida State would score more than seven. I was just going to say that is all, you know, credit to your defense. If you feel as if you can say, hey, I'm going to take three here because I know that my defense is going to keep me in this game and, 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 you know, allow me to win this game. It's just being able to confide and and trust your defense like i think that if this is something that syracuse continues to do defensively if they week week to week from this point on start putting together solid defensive performances this is gonna this can change their identity as a team uh, in terms of those decisions in game that that dino babers is gonna make if you trust you if you can trust your defense they don't let me just say they don't say that defense wins championships for no reason. You look at how much a good defense has impacted teams in the past, you know, again, and whether it's college, whether it's the NFL, a good defense is a great, great, great recipe. And you can even argue the probably the greatest, the most essential ingredient you can have towards building a contender in football. I like the word that you use identity because one of the identity Parts of the orange, a, a part of the team that has really defined who the orange are recently is Eric Dungy. And one of the scary moments of this game behind all of the highlight moments is that Eric Dungy was taken out of the game. And at first people were thinking it's is it concussion system symptoms is like what exactly happened to our quarterback who has really been fiery. Even this season, we've seen the difference when he's on the field compared to someone else. And it turns out to be blurry vision that he got poked in the eye. Right. I, that's if you're Syracuse, it's hard not to be concerned just because, you know, you kind of need both eyes to play quarterback. <laughs> but at the same time, there's no reason to believe he won't be back, you know, hopefully in the near future as well. But let me just be the first person to say Tommy DeVito did what he needed to do. He came in and got that job done. I am going to be the first one to sit here and say I wrote an article actually on the Fizz online. You can go check it out at orangefizz.net. And I, I basically wrote an article saying, should Syracuse be concerned with Tommy DeVito after watching what he's done these first two games? Yes, he's not working with the first team. Yeah, he's had a drop pass or two. Yeah, circumstances are what they are. 
But at the end of the day, he hadn't led a scoring drive in those first years. He, he hadn't looked efficient. He hadn't looked, I guess what I'm trying to say is he hadn't looked, I'm sure, at how Syracuse would have hoped he'd looked in those first two games. So the fact that he came in for Dungy against a team that you can probably argue is the best team they've played all season. I mean, I know what they did to them at home, but they probably are still the best team Syracuse has played all season. To come in and do that to Florida State must sit really well with a lot of people in that, you know, around the locker room. Yeah. No, so Eric Dungy does wind up leaving with the blurred vision, did wind up staying in for a few passes. And Baber said he he asked Dungy, you know, what's going on? Like the ball did not go where it was supposed to go. And they wind up taking a look at him. But you're right. DeVito comes in and he gets his first career touchdown pass. And that could be the spark against Florida State that is needed for him in his development as you know, Dungy's a senior. Who's next? Tommy DeVito is being primed for the position. Right. I've sat here on this show and, and have spoken about how important confidence is. And it really is. No matter, It doesn't matter what position you play, especially in that, court, that quarterback position. You, but you need confidence no matter where you are. To go in against Florida State, to just say, hey, you're in the, you know, have your coach say, hey, you're in the game. You're, our starter's injured. You're coming, you're coming right in. I don't think this isn't like last week where DeVito was actually probably going in expecting to play. You know, against Wagner, he was saying, we're probably going to blow this team out. I'm going to get some reps. I don't know if that was the, you know, the same thing in his head this time around. And well, he got his chance and it, and whether or not it was part of a plan to play it, this was obviously, you know, Dungey got hurt. It meant DeVito was the next guy up and just, I can't begin to tell you enough. It's just so great that he really did answer the call this time around. Yeah, Syracuse fans have got to be hoping that Eric Dungey is okay and that he will be back to lead this team. Absolutely. But it is good to know that this year, it's almost like Syracuse has two quarterbacks that could be having the starting job, of course, because Tommy DeVito is looking like he's going to have the starting job. That's the plan. It's 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 also interesting because, you know, DeVito brings that arm to the table, kind of how Dungy brings those legs to the table. <laughs> is it a problem almost if DeVito comes in, balls out and almost does enough to kind of say, make Baber say, hey, we want to roll with this guy. Obviously, you have Dungy on the bench, but because they do different things, you know, where do, what kind of situation could the Orange get themselves into, good or bad, I guess, because, you know, God knows you know, what, whether it be a good or bad problem, but what kind of things can the Orange do if, if all things go well from a performance standpoint of these two guys? If anything, D- Dungy is going to be the starter, I right? really and, think, but he's yeah. got to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, getting poked in the eye is one of the weirder injuries he's had throughout his career most of the time he's jumping over people running passing getting sacked you know and not um, sliding yeah and, and he, he's working on it last year he talked right. about how he's using his shoulder to roll Absolutely. more so being poked in the eye is one of the weirder injuries that Dungy has had throughout his career but it's got to be that safety net that you've got DeVito there and it looks like DeVito will be mainly utilized in in relief of Dungy in these kind of yeah. scary situations or when the team is just so far ahead that it's like, okay, you know, let's not injure our starter and get this other guy some more reps when we know we're going to have him for a few years. Absolutely. So along, along with this defense and along with the offense, Florida State kind of helped out the orange a bunch. 11 penalties, right? You know, right off the bat, the yellow flag was flying like crazy to start off this game. It was 11 penalties for 90 penalty yards come the end of the fourth quarter. So they were not only being demolished by Syracuse, Syracuse's offense and defense, but they were also seeming to help the cause. Right. I think that, well, there you can, there are definitely a plethora of things you can point to because Syracuse outplayed Florida state, I think in almost every facet of the game, but 
if you're undisciplined, you're not going to win many games. And right, right from the start, if you're, if you're committing penalties left and right, and you're showing that you're just, you, know, you can't keep it together mentally on the field, then you can't expect to be in the game physically or really in, from any other standpoint. It really all starts in, in, in the head. And well, if that, if that, if that mental factor is not there for you, you're going to have a tough time being anyone. Part of the mental factor, the fact that the Carrier Dome was so full and loud, helping out the Orange. And now looking at the rankings before week four, part of the mental factor might help out the Orange even further. They're not playing an ACC opponent this coming week. They're playing UConn. But when you look at the AP Top 25 poll, no, the Orange are not in the Top 25. They don't get a number next to their name coming this week. But Harrison, you made a good catch looking at that poll earlier and noticing that Syracuse received two votes toward the AP Top 25. That could really change the way that Syracuse looks at themselves. Yeah, absolutely. It can't do anything less than be a confidence booster, you would think. I mean, it's not like they're ranked, and, and hopefully because you know they're not ranked, they won't, they won't let anything get to their heads. But at the end of the day, yeah, your efforts have been recognized by that panel. And you got a game, a very winnable game at home again next week in front of you against UConn. You had a chance to go into Clemson 4-0. I can imagine if even you know UConn should be a win, but and, and if they do beat the Huskies, they might slide up a little bit, get a few more votes. But at the end of the day, if you are 4-0, if you have however many votes, even if you're not in that top 25, you know, going into week five, you're still walking into Clemson 4-0 with a chance to make another tremendous, tremendous statement. And speaking of statements, here's how Dino Babers phrased it for his team right after the Florida State win in the locker room. I'm telling you now, you gotta just put yourself on the map. There's a bunch of non-believers that all of a sudden they got a lot So thank you for joining us here on the Orange Fizz post-game podcast. Syracuse football 3-0 in 2018, heading into a week four matchup in central New York against the Yukon Huskies. Once again, follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Orange Fizz. Also, continue to stay up to date with all of your Syracuse football news at orangefizz.net. Stay tuned for the pregame podcast before the game. For Harrison Singer, I'm David Edelstein, and we'll speak to you next time.